ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got any questions about today's episode, if you've got any ideas that you'd like us to discuss for future episodes of Ignition, please feel free to contact us. Two ways to do that, by email or by Twitter. The email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us. SF Diocese is the diocesan Twitter handle, and use the hashtag ignition. SF Diocese hashtag ignition. Father, how are you doing as spring gets underway? Things well in Brookings, South Dakota? I'm a Twitter with uh, spring fever. A Twitter with spring fever. <laughs> um, your your semester, the school year, frankly, has to be, is, is winding down for you, isn't it? It is. It is. The uh, students are starting to get uh, towards their final exams and summer projects and good old graduation. That's right. Graduation. The right, the spring rite of passage for so many a young adult. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and now you've got a speaker coming in soon uh, from when we're recording this uh, relating to today's topic. So, Father, I think I might uh, just pass the baton to you and uh, let you introduce uh, well, we'll get to maybe, I'll leave that up to you, maybe the speaker later, but but the topic you had in mind, given the speaker that you're coming up, um, is is one of the topics that is, um, I don't know about interest, but certainly generates some discussion, usually good discussion uh, among Catholics. So so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, the speaker we have coming in uh, to the Newman Center uh, on uh, Sunday, uh, March 19th and Monday, Sunday, April 19th, and uh, Monday, April 20th, is Dawn Eden. Uh, she's a, a national author and speaker on uh, chastity. She has a couple different books on chastity and on healing of memories and of uh, interior wounds from uh, uh, damage we've received. Uh, her book on chastity uh, is called uh, The Thrill of the Chaste. See what she did there? Play on Thrill of the Chase. Got it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, subtitled, Finding Fulfillment, Keeping Your Clothes On. Um, <laughs> great great title yeah. and subtitle. Yeah, so so a good bit of wit there. And even then, too, uh, her uh, her second book, which, I mean, that, that, that's a little playful title, right? With chastity, Thrill of the Chase, Finding Fulfillment While Keeping Your Clothes On. I mean, that's, that's a little more playful. Uh, her second book and the second topic that she'll talk on on Monday night for us is uh, uh, from a book, My Peace I Give You, uh, Finding Healing from Sexual Wounds yeah. Through the Lives of the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more uh, sober uh, topic there, but no less necessary than any talk about chastity is that uh, for many uh, people today, young or old, uh, it seems, uh, that the wounds of um, the sexual revolution uh have affected all of us, and so there's that need to recalibrate how we think about, how we understand, how we view the gift of human sexuality, which is chastity, and then to find healing uh, from our experiences of the misuse of that gift of sexuality. And I, just real quickly, you know, expanding briefly on, on that point um, beyond even um, 
sexual morality in particular to morality in general, I think it's one of the things that that will be worth diving into greater detail at some point in another episode. Um, what what sin does to us and the disorder and and to um, to to give a foretaste of something we'll discuss later, but the disintegration that that any sin, you know, sin is not just breaking the rules in the way of you know going above the speed limit or something. Um, it actually it, it, it breaks me uh, a little bit somehow, or maybe a lot somehow, depending on the nature and the gravity of the sin. But but it it it, it does. I, I'm inflicting damage on myself when I commit a sin. It's not some arbitrary rule where I'm just. Uh, define the rule breaker. I'm 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 doing real real uh, harm to myself in little or lots of ways. Correct, correct. And going back to that idea, that important difference in morality. That morality isn't just going against the authority, but morality is what makes you happy and good and right. And that uh, uh, sin is, are things that will make you sad and and hurt you not just going against the authority of God. But then the good news of the gospel and, and salvation and gr- the grace of Jesus Christ is even when I damage myself that way in and through him and by him, there can be the ha- that healing. So that it, there is the, you know, so often I think the, um, the teaching of the church portrayed as very rules oriented and legalistic and so on. And so that not only is that uh, an error, but then the, the, the larger point is even lost sight of that, that even, even when you properly understand morality, there's still the reality that, that, that I can be healed of the damage that I've done to myself. And that's the good news, the joy of the gospel. Happy Easter. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, so so it's, and, and again, I think, you know, people that focus on the churches, we're, we're getting down a rabbit hole here, want to get into chastity, but uh, the people that focus on the churches, oh, the church is all about rules, and Christianity is all about rules, well, it's just because of our own modern obsession that morality is just about authority, and if I can somehow break the authority, then I can do whatever I want, and I'll have this uh, uh I'll have this prize of this unfettered freedom that I think will somehow make me happy. Right. Uh, when it really won't. Because, uh, again, happiness is found in doing what you were made to do. So let's talk about the happy use. How's this for, how's this for a, a, a title? The happy use of our sexuality, exactly. which is chastity. <laughs> exactly. All the virtues of our happiness. Chastity is included in it. It leads us to happiness. So what is it? Right. So yeah. So again, chastity. Again, when we talk about chastity, we're talking about uh, the use of our sexual faculty. I think that should be clear uh, from how we've uh, been talking so far this uh, in this signation. Uh, the Catechism, paragraph uh, twenty three thirty seven, talks about chastity as the successful integration of sexuality within the person, and thus the inner unity of a man in his bodily and spiritual being. So just in that sentence. Again, the whole idea of chastity as integration of sexuality within the person. So it's understanding uh, the gift of human sexuality from the standpoint of the entirety of our humanity, not just our sexuality isolated as something apart from the rest. Right. Okay. So integrating in this context means um, bringing it in to who I am in its proper place, its proper order, giving it the, the, the proper priority, not lessening it. Not over, not 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 undervaluing it, not overvaluing it. Overvaluing it is that what integration means in this context? Right. That, so integrated is that it, it, it's finding its its proper place. Uh, 
maybe some of our listeners bake and you have to mix your ingredients together. Well, the, the dough needs to be well integrated so that all the different parts are, are, uh, are in their proper place in the dough so that when you put uh, the bread or the cookie or the muffin into the oven, you get your desired outcome. Yeah, if you don't mix it well enough, then it's not going to, go, you're not going to get the result you desire. Right, right. Now, of course, I mean, that analogy falls down because you don't want to overmix your muffins, right? Because you'll get like gluteny, starchy, bad muffins, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but right. So, I mean, that idea of integration uh, to be whole, integrity, uh, integer. Right, a whole number, right? Right, a whole number. It's not 1.2, it's one. You know, it's not 2.33333333333333333. I got it, I got it. Two. So, anyways. So, okay, so, Father, so then what, what about the second part of the sentence then? The, the, thus, the inner unity of man and his bodily and spiritual being. So the inner unity maybe is, I think, what the, the church, the catechism is getting at there, that, and we've talked about this before, and we don't, we're not going to dwell too much, spend too much time on it, but that my body, where I think most people would think of our sexuality being bodily, there's also a spiritual dimension, but the bodily and the spiritual go together. They're not two distinct things. We, well, they're distinct, but, but they come together in the unity of who I am. So Chris Bergwald, there, it's not Chris Bergwald, the soul and Chris Bergwald, the, the body, they come together as one person. My, my one nature has a, both a bodily and a spiritual component. So is that kind of what the inner unity is talking about, how I'm, I'm composed of both body and soul? Right. And, and also the spiritual purposes of man, uh, that, um, the, the, that the purpose of sexuality is not just uh, a genital exercise, it's a generative exercise. Right. Right, and, and that the sexual desire, the sexual urge within us as humans is not just for um, genital expression, but it's it's a desire for life. It's a, it's even a desire for an affirmation of my own existence. Um, that through the nuptial embrace, and if God would bless the nuptial embrace with children, there'd be an affirming of my own uh, existence in that regard. And so uh, there's this in unity of the bodily and spiritual purposes, even in the sexual act. The sexual act is not just a bodily action, uh, not just uh, mammals on the Discovery Channel, uh, but this is a human activity. And that's part of the heart of, of chastity uh, and the, the integrity of uh, the Christian teaching of sexuality and uh, chastity. And that's where, I mean, really, and that's where the, the church, I think, again, maybe popular misunderstanding, the church looks down on sex, sees sex as something bad. Just the opposite. The, the church elevates sexuality uh, in general, the sexual, act, including the sexual act in particular, because it is such a, not just good, but a great, a beautiful, a holy thing that really mirrors God. Um, God, of course, three persons in one nature, but how the, 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 the mutual self gift self-love father son generates new life in the spirit and our our human sexuality mirrors got the the generative capacity of of the love of god himself right and so you know if, if the church is critical of anything she's critical of the disintegration of our age how sexuality instead of being part of that higher calling that spiritual purpose that image of uh the holy trinity is now something that's 
uh, separate from the rest of our humanity, separate from the rest of the purpose of our life, separate from the higher callings of our life. It's just a mere um, uh, uh, pleasurable action, recreational. Right, right, it, it, yeah. It's so, so, so the church is critical of a devalue, the seeing you know promiscuity and and misusing um, our sexuality because it's a devaluing of sexuality, not giving it more importance than it's due. Correct, correct. And so, and and this all ties in with something that um, Pope John Paul II talked about when he was a cardinal. Uh, uh, Karol Wojtyla in Poland, what he would call the personalistic norm. Um, now that's not a character on Cheers that you haven't heard about. <laughs> Is that a dated reference? That's a dated uh, yes, reference. Yes, that's a dated reference. Okay, that's a dated reference. So no, the Google personalistic... It. Google, yeah, anyway. Google norm. Norm! The personalistic norm! Um, so what this means is just that... Um, all of our human actions are called, and all of our human actions interact with other people in some way. At least most of our human actions do, right? Right. Right. And so we always have to have in our mind that the person we're interacting with is a real person. A, a, themselves a thinking, acting, choosing, praying uh, object, or subject, I should say, who's made in the image of God, who's a person, uh, and who has, in that sense, then, uh, the right to be treated as a real person and not just as an object. Yep. So the great value, the great dignity, we've talked about this in episodes past, the great value that the, that the church accords to the human person as such, in a way, not true of any other part of the material creation. Right, because because we have these faculties uh, of intellect and will in a way, in a capacity that no other... Uh, uh, part of physical creation has. Yep, right. Yep. And um, that's why uh, this idea of the personalistic norm comes from Pope John Paul II's, uh, at the time, Carol Vitiwa's book, Love and Responsibility, which is just a great title because, he, he, you know, everyone wants to love, right? But we don't ever think about the responsibilities that come with loving. Right. Right, right. <laughs> we want to be loved, but we're called yeah. to love as well. And well, how do you do that? Exactly. And, and what's the human way of doing it? What's the right way of doing that? Yep. Yep. Just as we know that we can do all sorts of things in inhuman ways, we could govern in human ways, we could, you could raise your parents in, or raise your children in inhuman ways, you could take care of your elderly parents in an inhuman way. So even uh, sexual love can be done in an inhuman way. Right. Um, and so all, a lot of this then comes to the idea of what, uh, again, Pope St. John Paul II talk, talk about as the gift of self, making a gift of self to another person, and then you have to be responsible for receiving the gift of them back to you. Okay, so what is, you know, we, we use that a lot, and, and let me just, um, in, in church language, church teaching, gift of self, for some of us, we, we're very familiar with it, but but maybe there's a listener who hasn't ever even heard that phrase, the gift of self. What exactly, can you unpack that a little bit, Father, no pun intended? Well, I just like to think about that in terms of, uh, if we want to take the bow off this gift, pun carried on, uh, <laughs> of wedding vows. Wedding vows are making a gift of yourself, right? You're saying, I choose you in good times and in bad, in sickness and health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. 
So by saying those words in a public solemn way, you're making a gift of yourself uh, to this other person in the hope of but no guarantee of their returning that gift to you. That And that's a great, in the hope of but no guarantee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, you know, and then when we think about that as, as kind of the meaning of of human love and, and, the, and the highest purpose or understanding of human sexual love, then we get back to this core again of the importance of chastity and the importance of this integrating uh, aspect of chastity, this inner unity that we should seek through chastity and why it's something that we need to know about and, and, and to care about. So if, if I'm called as a human being to love and to love well, and as a human being, sexuality is part of who I am, then then the point here with chastity is how do I, in my sexuality, love one another well? Right. And then, then, then that's the question. How often do we ask that question? You know, how often do uh, uh, college students, my, my college students, when they, they meet uh, the newest person in their life, how often do they ask, all right, how do I love this person well? Are they loving me well? What does that even mean? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I also think about that too in terms of, you know, when we talk about loving well, um, Leah Darrow, who uh, uh, has spoken in the diocese, she was a f- uh, former model, now uh, a speaker on chastity and womanhood. She talks about, um, you know, a, a good question for, uh, for a date or for, for a boyfriend or girlfriend isn't, do you love me? But what do you mean by love when you say you love me? Right. Yeah. So, all right. So back to chastity then. Chastity is, chastity is the way that we love well the way that we do a proper job of loving. And this is a bit um, from Don Eden and, and, and from that book, The Thrill of the Chaste, um, you know, that, that we need chastity then to love well. Right. Um, and because it is that integrator, it's not a restriction on love, but uh, uh, it guarantees love. It guarantees the fullest meaning of love for us. Because um, otherwise, you know, there's a... With something so powerful as human love, especially human romantic love, sexual love, there's a danger of it, uh, of powerful things going out of control. Right, right. So uh, we have this need for this uh, integrating value of chastity, this this virtue, something that has a power, a, a reality within our souls to order our our love. Because what can happen, and this is where you know lust comes in. What lust is 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 really using the other person, not recognizing them, their dignity as a as a, as a unique human being, as a human person. Um, but it's using them for my own gratification, my own pleasure uh, in that way. So chastity has this this role, as you said, of guaranteeing, of ensuring, of protecting authentic love so that with my sexuality, I'm not using the other person. Correct. And that use of the other person might be, uh, it's not always a, uh, uh, a sensual use, a physical use, a pleasurable use. It might even be a, a sentimental use, a use of the emotions in sure. that way. You know, of uh, of always trying to receive my consolation, my my comfort only through their presence. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you know, you, you kind of think of like the uh, the chick flick movies that "Thanks Be to God" is a celibate I never have to see. <laughs> uh, 
right? That's true. Right, right, right. Yep. Right, because because in those movies, there's a certain um, uh, there's a uh, a certain exploitative character of uh, of relationships and other people just for the sake of emotional fulfillment. Right. Yep. Just as uh, someone might use another for a physical, sensual fulfillment in a one-night stand in a hookup. Yep. Yep. Well, this is all good. I, I guess, I mean, frankly, though, in the end, this is something that concerns you more than me, though, because, you know, you're you're the priest and I'm the husband. Wrong. What? What? False. What? Wrong. <laughs> 100% Wrong. <laughs> So, what? What do you? Because it, it only concerns college students who are dating, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe some teenagers. Yes, th- them too. Them and religious and priests. No, it's everybody. What? Everyone needs chastity. Okay. So explain that. Father. I think this is something. I mean, well, hopefully, but by you listeners, as everything we've been saying, you can sort of see why um, everyone, even even a, a, a married person, man or woman, is called to chastity. Um, we're all called to that. It's it's it's. Hopefully, that's clear the way we've been talking about it. But I think, Father, it's worth making clear this is something that everybody, uh, whatever their state in life, is called to. Right, right. Single, married, uh, priest, consecrated, religious, everyone uh, needs chastity. And in fact, um, the catechism never really actually ever says, you know, that uh, certain people don't need chastity. Right. <laughs> the following people are excused from the virtue of chastity. No one. Chris Berg, oh, it's not. In there. Okay. Ah, no, sorry, sorry. Right. So, I mean, the single person needs chastity as they're looking for their vocation. And even just as they're, um, whether it's a single person uh, waiting for a vocation or the single person as a vocation, they need chastity. What do you mean? Well, I mean, uh, which part don't you understand? (laughs) Well, just repeat what you just said again, because I I thought I was tracking. Maybe I just, maybe, maybe I, maybe I spaced out but you said something that never mind go ahead <laughs> so the single per the single person waiting for their vocation or the single person as their vocation as right? their They're vocation cons- oh i right. see okay i got you all right yeah so those who are so, so, called to that as a state in life as opposed correct to correct okay. gotcha all yeah. right yeah they all need they all need chastity married couples need chastity so like the single person uh, needs chastity because it helps them learn how to give themselves to others in generosity and charity, uh, works of mercy and kindness. All, all souls really need that for that reason. Yep. Right. Uh, but the single person, especially the single person looking for their vocation, whether marriage or priest life, also needs it for that sake of that respect to the other person if they maybe enter into a dating relationship. Right. Yeah. The married person needs it uh, for the right love of their wife, as well as that charity and love for their fellow man. Yeah, I remember Father, um, and, and, and I mentioned this to Father um, offline before we recorded. I remember uh, reading about when John Paul II was originally giving his Wednesday addresses, uh, which we became uh, the, the, the long book Theology of the Body. This is back in the early 80s as Pope. Um, he commented uh, on how it's possible for a man to lust after his wife, and it made some uh, made the made the mainstream news because well, that mm. just seemed you know this is what I was saying earlier playfully. Well, I don't need to be chased. I, I'm a, so right. I, I can live out my I can express my sexuality uh, within the sexual act with my wife. Therefore, I don't need chastity. No, I can use her. 
I, it's possible for me to lust after my wife where I reduce her to a means to fulfilling my own happiness, pleasure, everything we were saying earlier. So it's possible Correct. for me to misuse her that way, and therefore I need chastity. Correct. Yeah, chastity isn't just... It isn't just until you get the ring on and it's official and then whatever happens, happens. Exactly. Yep. That's 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 an inhuman vision of married sexuality. Yep. Yep. And non-Christian vision of married sexuality. Yep. Uh, and then uh, in the priesthood and the consecrated life, um, again, and chastity is different from celibacy or consecration. Chastity is what enlivens and invigorates uh, that celibacy, that consecration. Again, so so not everybody's called to live celibacy, but everybody is called to chastity. Right. Everyone's called to the fullness of chastity and to let chastity be the tool that allows their love for God and love for others to flourish. Yep. Yep. So, Father, we got a couple minutes left. Any Anything you think would be worth saying by way of conclusion? Yeah. So just again, I think, I, I'd hope maybe if listeners hear this and maybe they're in the Brookings or Vermilion or Sisseton area, they have some great opportunities to hear um, Don Eden, uh, and hear her give her presentations in depth and probably much more better, uh, much more better than, uh, Dr. Bergwald and I did. No offense, Dr. Bergwald. Uh, but she'll be, uh, down in Vermilion on Saturday. Uh, the, uh, I believe that's the, gosh, that's the 18th Saturday, the 18th. Yep, she'll yep. be in Vermilion, uh, with St. Thomas More Newman Center. You can check them out for more information. And she'll be there on Saturday evening talking and Sunday afternoon talking out on campus. She'll be here in Brookings Sunday evening and Monday evening, 8 o'clock each night, uh, here in our Newman Center talking the first night on Chastity, the second talk on on healing. And then on Tuesday night, she'll be up in Sisseton, South Dakota at St. Catherine Parish uh, talking on uh, healing uh, through the lives of the saints in the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So she's yeah, north, well, yeah, north, central, south, uh, if, if you're in the eastern part, at least, of South Dakota, uh, mm-hmm. this this coming weekend, uh, you have multiple opportunities to hear her. Yeah, and very excited to have this and uh, opportunity for her to uh, to come out and, and, and give us a good teaching on chastity That's and great. healing. Yep. So uh, about a minute to go, Father, I think going back to one of the points that, that we mentioned earlier, um, uh, well, the, the the point we're making wrapping up that this is something that we're all called to do. How how do we? Right. I mean, just briefly, how do we? How do we? How do we do that? How do I grow in chastity? Well, we grow in chastity um, by by loving, right? And it's a virtue. We grow in chastity by using by, by doing it. Yep. So yeah, by by loving our neighbor, by by challenging ourselves to go a little beyond. Uh, to love those who maybe seem unlovable or unattractive to us, um, and, and and also too or, rightly ordering uh, our different desires, and and certainly by praying for the increased, asking for the gift of chastity, asking Christ to give us the grace to be chaste. Right. So, uh, again, you listen to, uh, you can hear Don Eden, um, but if you, but we'll wrap things up with this episode of Ignition. Uh, again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet to us, sfdiocese, hashtag Ignition, if you've got any questions or ideas or topics for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.